I often get asked for book recommendations or asked which books have had the most impact on my life. And every time I get that question, I feel like a deer in the headlights. But I took some time and I put together a list for today of nonfiction. I'll do a separate show on fiction, a short list of five books that have had a, a major impact on my life. And I don't want to call them the only five or even the top five. Let's, for today's purposes, call them the first five, because <laughs> I'm sure I'll do more shows, you know, sharing sharing more books that have, have made a difference to me. So the first book that I absolutely love, and it's actually a relatively recent addition for me, a recent um, addition to my life in the last couple of years, it's called A Pattern Language. And the subtitle is Towns, Buildings, and Construction. And it was written by Christopher Alexander and other architects. And it is an absolutely beautiful book. It was written in 1977 that breaks down. And even though, yes, it, it, it's a book for other architects, it's a book for designers and interior designers and urban planners, but it's written such a... Uh, it's written in such an accessible and layman's way that really is stunningly beautiful. And the book is full of really lovely photos and examples. And I just, I can't put it down. And I th think the other thing I love about the book is it is one of those books where you can like literally open up to any section and start reading, reading a couple paragraphs, reading a page, and you will get something from it. So if you have an interest in architecture, if you have an interest in interior design, if you think you might someday build a house, if you think you might remodel a house, if you think you'll build a church or a school or anything really, um, or you just want an understanding of why do some places, some buildings, some rooms feel amazing, and maybe others not so much, this is the book for you, A Pattern Language, because it will, it will tell you why, and it will give you lots to think about as you, as you think about design and um, place. Okay, so that was A Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander, again, written in 1977, but a lot of what they talk about will never go out of style. Okay, the second book is called Collapse by Jared Diamond. Okay, Collapse by Jared Diamond. Jared Diamond is a professor at UCLA, a professor of geography. He's written many, many best-selling books. Um, the subtitle is How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed. I would call this the most important book I've ever read in my life, and that's no joke. I feel like this book, it... I feel like it should be required reading. I feel like it um, made me understand the world in ways I had never really considered before. And it talks about the the collapse of historic societies and why they collapsed and um, what we can glean from that. And where are we at this moment in times time in terms of both environmental and societal collapse. And it sounds like a lot of doom and gloom, but there's a a lot of positive messages in here as well. So can we learn from the past? Can we look to the past to see what happened? Can we learn from it? And can we, in enough time, to start addressing some of these things? And I feel like this book 
has really shaped, again, the way if I the first book was about architecture and building in place, this book shapes how should we be building? Where should we be building? What do we need to be thinking about in terms of how cities come together, how it impacts the environment, how it impacts the soil, how it impacts flooding and erosion and farming and I just cannot say enough about this book, Collapse by Jared Diamond. Um, okay, so that was Collapse. That's number two. The third book, the third book that I'm going to discuss is Why We Sleep. Um, this is by Matthew Walker. I'm guessing some of you have, you know, heard interviews with Matthew Walker or um, maybe read this book, but the subtitle is, so the title is Why We Sleep. The subtitle is Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. Again, in terms of impact on my life, I was someone, some of you know, because you've been listening to this show for a long time, that I lost a decade of my life to insomnia. I know what it means to not sleep. I know the fog, that it was a 10-year fog for me. I I feel like I lost uh, physical health, mental health, uh, my ability to do, you know, my life's work. There were so many things that were affected during that period. And this book is so masterful at pointing to the research in terms of the power of sleep and to that we, you know, really talking about that we should be body blocking sleep. We should making be making it a huge priority in our lives because then we will be able to function. I mean, there's so many things he goes into, but in terms of our ability to really um, be a, pow a, a powerful force during the day, during our waking hours, we need that rest and recovery. And he goes into so many things in this book. I can't say enough about it, but again, I think probably the reason it's on my top five list is because the issues I've personally had historically with sleep, not getting enough sleep, but um, but also because at this point in my life, in every point in my life, but at this point in my life, I, I, I want to bring it. I want to bring it every hour of every day. I don't want to waste a minute. And how you do that is through sleep. But again, there's a lot of other stuff in there about the impacts on our, on our health as well, on the impacts of society. So anyway, that's my third offering for today, why we sleep. Okay, the fourth one. So those three I had in physical copy. So those of you who are watching this on YouTube, you could, you saw me hold up the books. So I had those in physical copy. These next two, um, you know, in these days of Kindle, sometimes I don't have the physical copy, which is I, truthfully a little bit of a bummer. I still prefer, as long as I've got adequate lighting to snuggle up with a book and feel the pages and feel that sense of connection. Um, but these next two were on Kindle, although I, I have a caveat to that on the, on the final one. So the next one that I'll mention is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And that was written in 2018. And again, as, as someone who... I loved the book because it talked about a process for weaving in the things in our day that bring us closer to who we want to be and what we want to be and systematizing it. 
so that it doesn't feel like every single moment is a decision that we um, have to wrestle with and be motivated to do. And instead, he talks a lot about the research behind how habits are formed, um, good habits and bad habits. I mean, it's all, you know, um, how habits are formed. And um, and I I used it. I've used every bit of that book successfully. And um, I'm still working on more because I think there's always more things I can be implementing. But again, in terms of just maximizing my day and um, getting me closer to who and what I want to be, I'd say Atomic Habits is was fantastic. And James Clear is just a, I, he's got a perfect name because literally he he writes about this topic in which he had to pull together and synthesize a lot of different research, but he writes it in such a clear, robust way that you just want to, you know, you feel like you can just grab hold of it and, and use it. So again, that's the fourth book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So the fifth book I had a copy of, in fact, I've had several throughout the years, but I keep giving them away as gifts. And so at the moment, I don't have one in my possession. I first read this book about 20 years ago and it completely steamrolled me. And uh, it, uh, it's a book that I'm sure that many of you um, read in high school or college and I did not, which I'm actually kind of grateful for because when it finally came into my life, I was ready. The book is I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. And it was her memoir and her first book. And it was raw and honest and poetic and painful and uh, joyful <laughs> and also full of this, although it was poetic, it was also full of this plain speak, this just say it, just say it, just say it exactly as it is, say it in just plain language. And yet, again, there was like a sing-song nature to the book and it just it just cracked me open and changed my relationship with the English language. It felt like a permission slip um, as a writer. It felt like a permission slip as a woman. Um, and it just touched me and it still touches me. I can, although I've probably read it about three times since that first time, um, and there've been maybe periods of five years in between readings, but even during those periods, I feel like I'm always reaching for it. I'm always reaching for it. I, I can be standing in the kitchen, doing the dishes, looking out the window and, and her words will float into my brain. Um, so if you've already read it, maybe reread it. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. I'm not even doing it justice here today. I'm not doing that book justice in any way, shape or form. Um, but it's in, in my life, it's been a, a pretty miraculous book. Okay. That's it. That's the five. I hope you enjoyed them. This is the Kathleen Sessions podcast to support this work. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, your favorite podcast app, and visit us at thekathleensessions.com. I'm going to leave you now with some words from Maya Angelou.
The fog wasn't simply the steamy vapors off the bay caught and penned in by the hills, but a soft breath of anonymity that shrouded and cushioned the bashful traveler. Thank you, everyone. Bye.